Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. It's that time of the week again. Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast time. First of all, thank you all. For rolling with yours truly, primetime Sam Roberts and Katie Lindahl, all WrestleMania weekend long, two bonus podcasts, which by the way, I would recommend checking those podcasts out if you haven't, even though WrestleMania weekend is over, and just listen to the interviews, great interviews with Dean Ambrose last week, then Finn Balor on Friday before NXT TakeOver Dallas, then Bray Wyatt leading into WrestleMania, and all that stuff, very revealing, you would have had a lot of hints about what Bray Wyatt was going to do at WrestleMania. Had you listened to that interview, that interview is also up on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, a bunch of the stuff we did at WrestleMania, I'm considering uploading some of those interviews to YouTube just to give you stuff before I put them on the podcast. We will, as the weeks occur and progress, have all of those interviews a part of Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast. But I may I may just put them up on YouTube. Excuse me, on YouTube first. Uh, I don't know, I guess we'll... See what kind of mood I'm in. But we will definitely have up on the YouTube channel video of today's interview. For the first time over WrestleMania weekend, I got to interview AJ Styles alongside Katie Linendahl, which I was very, very excited to do. AJ Styles is one of those guys uh, who I've never gotten a chance to talk to. I, I mean, you know, you've listened to the podcast. You go to iTunes, and after you're done subscribing and leaving a nice review, clicking five stars, Scroll down the lists of all the shows we've done. There have been so many. You can see all the different wrestlers, and you can see that, yeah, I've talked to some TNA people. I've talked to some indie people. I've talked to some Ring of Honor people. But for the most part, I end up with WWE guests, number one, because uh, WWE is my favorite. I love WWE. I've never made a secret about that. It's the thing that I watch the most. Number two, you guys seem to like it based on the numbers. And number three, WWE treats me so well it's like when they give me the option to talk to some of these people that are making headlines and that I'm really curious to get to know better because that's what these interviews are about, really. It's getting to know these guys as people. Um, why not take the opportunity, you know? So because of that, I've never – plus, <laughs> WWE PR makes wrestlers do interviews, right? Like a lot of the indie guys, if they don't want to do interviews, they're not doing them. I have to go up to them in person. I mean – that's the only reason, and then wait till our schedules meet. I've been trying to organize Sammy Callahan to get on there. I've known Sammy Callahan for years, but because he's traveling all over the place and he's busy, I just haven't been able to link up with him. I'll get to him at some point, and 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 he'll he'll have time for me at some point. But and you should tweet him if you want him on the show because he's just busy. That's what I mean. The WWE guys, WWE goes, no, you have to do press. Hey Sam, we got another one. It's perfect. Uh, and this week, the one that they threw me was AJ Styles. Now, AJ is somebody I've wanted to interview for a long time. And like I said, he was uh, he was this group of guys. And he was as busy as anybody can possibly be after he left TNA. TNA doesn't have the world's greatest PR department. That's I mean, that's the short reason why there aren't a lot of TNA people on this podcast. Uh, you know, they come to New York or they come to the East Coast. And I'm like, I will interview whoever you have. You know, and it's sometimes a little, I don't know, organization's not the best. And, and, and again... I mean, before I was doing the podcast, I did interviews with, like, you know, Bubba Ray Dudley when he was in TNA. I've had Tyrus on the show a couple times, MVP doing the show before he left TNA. But that was all those guys doing it on their own accord. So that's the only reason I don't have more TNA guys on the show. But I say that to say 
guys like AJ Styles are guys where I want to have them on, but I just don't know if it's going to happen. However, once he gets to WWE, I go, there's my in. Boom, got him, got him. And I knew I would get him, uh, and I'm happy that I got him this early on. Um, You know, we'll talk about everything that happened with him at WrestleMania and Monday Night Raw this week in the state of wrestling. But I wanted to uh, talk to him really about his journey to WWE, what it's been like here. Uh, And I say here as if I'm there, what it's been like there. And uh, uh, how he got to keep his name. There's so much to talk about with AJ Styles. So uh, let's get to it. We'll talk about everything uh, uh, post-WrestleMania and everything that's going on right now after this. But first... Let's hear from AJ Styles at WrestleMania Access alongside Katie Lindahl, which we'll probably introduce again when the interview starts, so I didn't need to go through that whole thing. Here it is. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Extra mile. Right. Welcome to Sam Roberts Show here with Katie Lindahl. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. What's going on? It's been a long time coming since uh, we no got to No kidding, talk to man. You. I, I literally took the longest route to get to the WWE. So. <laughs> but that's okay. The timing was right. Yeah, have you ever... I mean, this is your first... You've, you're, you've done a lot in the wrestling world. Before you got to WWE, when you're finished in TNA, when you're in Japan, when you feel like you've done it all, do you look at WWE as something you've never done, or do you feel like, ah, it's probably not that different, before you get here? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but, but you know, I have the network, you know, and so I'll watch, the, you know, a, a lot of the programming on there. Even when I was, in, you know, in Japan, I watched a lot of it. And, um, you know, you just never think that you get that WrestleMania moment and to, to watch the, the programming going, well, it just, it is what it is, you yeah. know. You just learn to live with it, you know. And to be here now is just, like, unbelievable. Did you comprehend the scale, though, before you got here of how different it would be? I, I had no idea. I had nothing, no measuring stick to measure, you know, the WWE to. Like, but now, like, if anybody complains, I'm just like, brother, if you had been where I've been, you know how great it is here, you know. Right. And so I, I, I really appreciate everything that's happened here, everything that's going on, because it's amazing and it's so well done. I mean, you have no idea. Like, this is, like, so professional. It just doesn't get better than this. So when you're online and you see, you know, headline that you are having this milestone moment at MSG, it's legit. Yeah, it's legit. I mean, sure enough, and everybody's calling, hey, what was it like in MSG? I mean, like, it was it was awesome, dude, because I first thought, well, MSG's too small for, you know, WrestleMania, so it must be a smaller building. I was wrong. It's huge, because I'd never been in there before. A lot of things that people, that, you know, when they thought, oh, this is your first time, well, yeah, you can't get into MSG unless you're part of the WWE. Like, you cannot, you know, perform in there unless you're part of the WWE. It's like that last sort of bit of the territory system where it's like you've been wrestling down south for all this time and now you get to come up to New York and you're one of the only people that hasn't gotten to experience that but experienced pretty much everything else on a big level. Yeah, like you I mean. you the Tokyo Dome, but never huge. Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and the crazy thing is, you know, the Tokyo Dome, I think we did, you know, probably 40,000 or 50,000 and you know, at the beginning of the year, we're going to double that yeah. <laughs> in a couple of days. It, it's just mind blown. It's just amazing. Do you ever get nervous still? Uh, not as much as I'd like to, because uh, I do love the butterflies. I love it, but I'm going to move a little bit faster, react a little bit quicker, jump a little bit higher when I get these butterflies. And the fact that I don't get them anymore is at least as much as I'd like to. 
bothers me. Yeah. I, you know, I really want to be excited about some stuff. But I'm like, yeah, you know, you, know, you can't help it. But I'm pretty sure uh, WrestleMania, I'll be, you know, sick with them. Yeah, well, that's probably the best thing about being here is finally it's something in wrestling that you haven't seen and done a hundred times before. So how long, for those that don't know, was your career before you got here? Like, how long have you been wrestling up to this point? Uh, 17 years I've been wrestling, and, and <laughs> I'm finally making my WrestleMania debut. What did you think, after 17 years of wrestling, you've made a reputation for yourself, did you think that the WWE fans would take to you immediately? Because you show up at the Royal Rumble as a surprise. I mean, was that a butterfly moment, not knowing what the reaction would be? I, I'm going I'm to tell you guys, I was, I was frightened. I was scared because what happens when I walk out there and I hear crickets? Because no, <laughs> nobody has any idea who I am. I mean, I was, I was uh, oh, God, please, Lord. I'm praying, literally. Lord, please let somebody know who I am. You know, and, and there was that delay of, whose music is this? Yeah. And then while you didn't see it on your television screen, there was I Am, and then when Phenomena popped up, they went completely nuts. Right. And I was like, oh, God, thank you. And then I had to walk out after that, you know? Because <laughs> this is a nickname you've established outside of the company. So as far as you know, Phenomena could come up. And all us WWE fans are sitting there like, what? I don't understand. What's, I don't really exactly, want to exactly. Hey, listen, it was the perfect time, perfect place. That's uh, also a for moment me. to, you know, justify that I've done something right on the outside and coming in. I, absolutely, absolutely. Somebody must like what I'm doing. You know, right. somebody must appreciate it. And it, it was a couple thousands of people that actually appreciate what I what I've done and uh, wanted to see me in the WWE. How did it? happened like how did it come about like what, what was that phone call well first have you been had you been approached by wwe in the past in the past uh before uh, i think it was about 2002 i believe i was offered a developmental deal um so i would have had to move to cincinnati and this is even before nxt this yes is when you're wrestling in a warehouse uh, yep yep i would have to move to cincinnati but uh i had to take a second to think about it because my wife was in college and that would mean her moving in with her mother uh, and me moving to Cincinnati, and I, that's not how a family works. Right. So I, I turned it down, which was, you know, was crazy hard. I mean, to think that you had the opportunity to wrestle in the WWE, and the fact you can't do it, you know. Just, right. But uh, everything worked out the way that it should have. That yeah. was 2002. Yeah. And and it, you're right; it worked out the way it should have because the 2002 AJ Styles doesn't come in. Like was already 16 AJ. Styles. Well, you know, before that, I wrestled for WCW. WCW obviously got bought out by WWE, and they didn't pick up my contract. And it was a good thing too because I was not ready for for that. Well, you were new in WCW when it was shutting down. Like, yeah, you were that next generation that you were like, all right, I'm the next guy, and they're like, well, there's no company. <laughs> yeah, guess what? Uh, we're going out of business. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's just my life. Yeah, that's exactly the way it went down. And a lot of people ask me, well, how was it back in those days? I'm like, I thought it was awesome. I'd never been there before. <laughs> yeah. So. How are you doing what you do for 17 years? How have you not died? Well, it's, um, it's pretty, that's that's, it is phenomenal in itself. I, I have gotten smarter with how I do crazy stuff. I mean, you got to pick your spots and know when to use them. A lot of people, he doesn't do the things he used to. I do. I just don't do them every match. Right. Because I, And don't get me wrong. I understand why guys, are, you know, when they come up through the independents and whatnot, you got to do crazy stuff to get your name out there. Once you get it out there, you can dial it back a little bit so you don't get hurt because we know that, you know, out of sight, out of mind. If you're mm-hmm. if you're hurt and you can't perform, people, you know, forget about you pretty quick. Yeah. So you, you got to pick your spots and make them count when you do something crazy. I mean, you've made a lot of – you've made a few decisions in your career, like the one you were just talking about in 2002. You also – you left TNA when you were kind of the one – marquee guy that that company you were the exception to the rule when TNA when they said TNA doesn't 
build stars, except for AJ. And when you left the company, it was like, whoa. Like, it was the first big sort of, I'm leaving. That had to not be easy. It, was, it certainly was hard. I mean, uh, to not know what the next step was, know that I had to bet on myself is what I did. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, I would go to Ring of Honor and hopefully do better there, show these people that I can still, I still got it. You know, that, right. that I'm not watered down, that I can go out there and, and tear it down. And then to get the opportunity to go to New Japan certainly did help. Well, what was that like when you get to New Japan? Because you get to New Japan, and Devitt, now Finn Balor, has just left. So, And you're basically taking his spot as the leader of the coolest faction, their version of, of kind of a modern-day NWO, Bullet Club. That is something that I would imagine is a huge risk, to be like, I'm going to be the new guy in this pre-established thing. Well, you know, when you're stuck in that bubble, too, you, you're not aware of what's going on really outside of you so while I'd heard of the Bullet Club I wasn't aware of how big it was and literally Finn's last match in New Japan was my debut Mm -hmm. when I attacked Okada Um, and then it I think from then on I mean I that the group of guys that we had there and within that the BC it was amazing and uh, so we got to work really well together hung out together you know all that stuff um, it was just an amazing experience, and it, it only got better, you know, as we were there. How does New Japan react to finding out that you, Nakamura, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, four of the biggest stars in that Japanese company, are all leaving to come here? So uh, I hear Nakamura on Christmas Eve told New Japan, and you know that he was leaving, and I'm going, Merry oh Christmas. my god, oh god. If it keeps on. Not giving. <laughs> Not giving. But, I mean, that's got to be weird for you to hear that, too. Well. On the regular now. Yeah, I mean, I was like, whoa. Uh, and then and then knowing that you're going to have to tell them in a couple of weeks that, hey, guess what? I am, too. <laughs> and, so it wasn't an organized effort. It was just like, oh, there's a really Yeah, we're about to, sl- you know, just drop kick you right in the face <laughs> with, you know, the fact that we're all leaving. And so it was huge. And it was very hard. I mean. New Japan is a great place to work. I mean, they're stand-up guys, can't say enough good things about them. Didn't, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys this. Um, I wish I would have told them, the, the guys in New Japan this. I didn't shed one tear when, when I left uh, TNA. I was, I was very emotional when I left New Japan. Which is amazing because TNA, you had been there for years. In New Japan, it was kind of just like this. What, how long were you in New Japan? Uh, almost two years. Two years. With TNA, it was like a full-fledged yeah it's it, it's crazy i mean i i'm sure there was some um, you know um there was a chip on my shoulder you know when i left yeah. you know but uh I, new japan had i had nothing respect for for them and the respect that they showed me was you know i i can't express how much that meant that meant to me how did it go down that you number one because the process you know 2002 the process was let's sign this kid we'll put him in development until he'll work in a warehouse for a year and then we'll see what happens right I mean, in 2015, 2016, it's still, even big names are getting signed. They're not wrestling in a warehouse, but they're going to NXT. Then they're getting their name changed. Then they're getting everything. Like, how do you end up not getting your name changed, not getting your nickname changed, not getting your logo changed, and going straight to the main roster? That is a good question. <laughs> uh, I literally was like, you know what, man, I'll do whatever you guys want to do. You really? know, I'm sure I'd like to keep my name, but who wouldn't? But if that's not going to stop me from going to the WWE, you know. Uh, I want to do what's best for my family and my, and my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, a lot of a lot of prayer went to this stuff, you know. But uh, 
everything worked out the way that it should. And, and, and they knew, I mean, it just goes to show how smart they are as well because when the word phenomenal popped on that screen, it, it was like that was the right thing to do. Yeah, because the last thing they need is to have you in NXT debut as Styles J. <laughs> Which, <and> everybody's chanting <laughs> AJ Styles Yeah. You. Oh, he's, he's, he's BJ Smiles. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Like I'm a like I'm a wrestler from Fire Pro Wrestling, you know, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. The old video game where they would just bootleg all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the style too. I, the, the music is sick. Yeah, you know what? I just got with the guys and I just said, listen, um, I, I kind of want just a little bit of just a just a little bit of country because I'm not that huge of a fan, but I also love hip hop. And they're okay, and that was it. And we tweaked it a little bit just for an, you know the entrance, and it, there you, you go. Be really happy with that. I mean, that's like. Yeah. Well, you know when you first hear something, you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't sure. know, I don't know, I don't know. And then my, I know my, my wife, I let her, she goes, they're, they're going to call you a redneck? I'm like, babe, <laughs> I mean, I kind of am, you know. Right. I can't I mean, escape it. You are in it. Connecticut, right? A redneck. In Connecticut? Meaning that people in Connecticut, oh, you, anything they, they see me, the they accent, see the right? accent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most everybody from the north, he goes, oh. Right, right, right. He uh, skins deers and blah 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 and <laughs> smokes. I don't know. Beef jerky, yeah, hot sauce, ranch. I grew yeah. up in the south. Yeah, AJ knows how to fish. I, I really don't know how to fish. I, don't. I know how to wrestle. Yeah. Um, what hip hop artist do you like? Uh, I don't know if you guys are in the Christian hip hop or even heard of Lecrae. Um, Lecrae to me is probably one of the best rappers alive. And despite the fact that you know he's he's a believer like myself, this guy can he's amazing. He's amazing. So I got a lot of that stuff. And I'm, I'm a big old school guy, too. Like Run DMC would be, you know, is on my playlist. You yeah. know, there's guys like that. Um, you know, I'm, anything that my brother listened to back when I was a, a teenager because I looked up to him so much. Yeah, he's the one that so, you what's cool. Well, you know, Bell Biv DeVoe, you know, <laughs> Keith Sweat, all that stuff is on there. Uh, did you grow up religious or is that something you found later? Uh, you know, I, I went to church when I was younger, but it was never something that was just pushed down my throat or anything, which was a good thing. Um, I had to find out for myself where I belonged and – uh, you know, I just found a guy at a church who, who just wanted to show me that, you know, I don't have to know you to love you, man, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just it changed my life. And, like, I, I understood what it was like to be a man and, and, and a Christian man on top of that. Is it difficult to maintain that in the wrestling world? Not at all. I mean, I, if, I mean, this is the perfect place for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, little things like, you know, it's very rare that I ever drop any cuss words or anything like that, and which is the perfect place for me because – uh, yeah, at my house, if dad says it, you can say it kind of deal. So, you know, a lot of my uh, slang words have come off very childish at this point <laughs> in my career. I like, though, how you do pepper it in. I, I appreciate that as a fellow Christian and wrestling fan, how Easter is an example. You just kind of punchline, he is risen, and I've 3,000 retweets, Oh, cool. You it, it, but, stand for what you believe. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and people respect that. And and, and if they don't, that's, that's, that's okay. okay. They, if they try to get a rise out of me, I'm just like, look, I mean, I'm not, you know, not going to push this on you. It's right. cool if you don't believe. You know, it's, right. it is what it is. I'm just telling you what makes me me. Are you the only guy on the roster that's not, like, doing everything possible they can to try to get a match with Nakamura since you've already, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I've already wrestled him. It's not a big deal. Hey, listen, he is one of the best, man. I love being in the ring with him. The fact that we've only touched one time really on a one-on-one match and had an amazing match at the same time. I'm excited for Sami Zayn because I know they're going to tear it up. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, is there Has anybody ever come to you and said, look, we love the flying forearm off the top rope? but it kind of makes the Superman punch look weaker because you're much higher. You jump so high. <laughs> well, um, I was I was actually worried about that. It was something was like, they're going to, hey, they're not going to let you do this, yeah. probably. Um, 
well, you know, they weren't <laughs> going to let me keep my name either. So, right. you know, it, I think that, uh, you know, I got to do what it's – I'm not the big guy. And I, I'm not the smallest guy. I'm definitely not the biggest guy. So mm-hmm. I got to do, you know, moves that I can take anybody out with, which is, you know, a lot of people want to see the Styles Clash. And uh, you, you may still see the Styles Clash, but – I can hit the calf crusher on anybody, and I can also hit the flying forearm or the phenomenal forearm, if you will, right. on everybody. So it's it's important. And is that something you want to do? Like, do you like the idea of showing up here and having some new stuff to your repertoire so it's not just giving people, like, oh, we get to see it in a WWE ring now. It's like, no, there's also some new stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think you got to change it up and show them a little something. That, you know, maybe they've forgotten about some moves. You know, right. that's always a good thing, too, is just bring some stuff back. Uh, but not every move can you do on every, you know, so you have to pick and choose in which, and that's okay. That's a, that's a good thing, but definitely I think being innovative is very important. Are there guys that you look at on the WWE roster that you haven't gotten a chance to be in a ring yet that, that you do get that excited feeling about that's rare for you? You know, I haven't even met John Cena or Randy Orton yet, wow. you know, because yeah, they've been injured. Yeah. So um, I think that'll be a, a cool moment uh, when I finally get to re- get in the ring with one of those guys. Or even some of the guys that Cesaro was, you know, he's been injured. But I saw him the other day, man, hopefully he's come, coming back soon. Uh, the opportunity to get in the ring with him knowing that we're going to tear it up, you know, that's exciting to me, you know. Different matchups are always good, and that's what is exciting about being here. As I haven't wrestled hardly anybody here, right? You know, so it's the matchups are fun to me. Which is kind of the benefit, I think, of you and Jericho building this story as long as you built it, because now it's like it's not like they've rushed every single story you've ever wanted to see in three months. It's like no, we're building this nice and slow, and then I would imagine after WrestleMania, it's like boom. All right, here's here's the next guy. You know, everybody wants. I know a lot of people wanted Kevin Owens, and we kind of give them a a, a little bit of that, right? and we can always go back to it, but I don't know if that's the next step. You know, mm-hmm. who, who knows what the next step is? But I believe that, you know, no matter who I'm in there with, it's going to be fun. Is there a, uh, another situation where you see yourself, and how do you like being in the tag world? Ah, shoot. Tag, tag world means I take half the bumps, so <laughs> I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm not sure who that would be right now, but hopefully I got some friends coming over pretty soon, and you never know what might happen. Yeah, I have a buddy who's an indie wrestler. And he was like, I wanted to make more of a living doing this full time, so I opened a school. He's like, it's the worst decision I've ever made. I have to take bumps every single day now because yep. I'm showing him how to do it in the school. That's it. I mean, that's that's that really is it. But, uh, you know, I, I've also thought about the same thing is one day hopefully uh, helping guys and helping girls, you know, train. I really enjoy that, man. Yeah. The, I really enjoy sharing what I've learned over the past couple of years, and maybe that can help them and cut some time off their, their learning curve. So they can get in there and make a living at doing this. Well, what's the relationship like with you and some of the younger guys on the roster? Because there are guys that have maybe been in WWE for four or five years, but they've literally been wrestling for four or five years. They would still have a lot to learn from somebody like you. Do you go in and kind of immediately take on a mentor role, or are you just kind of sitting back and figuring out the system that you're in now? Well, you know, I I make sure I try not to step on any toes because I know that they're learning from other people. Right. And I don't want to step on anybody's toe because they have their way of doing things. Uh, but in, in some instances, you know, I'll be like, and I'll, I'll watch it. I can't help myself. I'm like, hey, you know, it'd be good, you know, right here, and or you know, just stuff like adding stuff to what they've already done. And and some of my favorite people to work with are like Charlotte and Sasha and Becky. Like those, those girls are awesome, yeah. you know. And they're all about you know taking it to the next level and and just going there, and just talking to them, hearing them get excited about the match and how awesome it's going to be. Yeah. It gets me excited, yeah. you know. I want to help with that. Did you have any? You've been in a locker room with The Undertaker. Was there any 
did you have an experience of sharing a locker room with The Undertaker? Well, um, I don't know uh, that I've actually been in that locker room with him, but I did stand in the gorilla and go, oh, shoot. <laughs> That's The Undertaker standing right there in front of me. I, I think I said it to maybe, you know, like to Owens or like, hey, you know what? Undertaker's right there, and we're standing with him. And we, uh, maybe like two years ago or one year ago, wrestled each other on an indie show, right. and here we are. In Gorilla with The Undertaker. Isn't that great that he's still, he's the one guy left that's like, that's the guy that reminds us where we are. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. I mean, he's an, he's such an icon, man. It's unbelievable. Speaking of icons, I got to see Sting over, um, the other day, which was awesome. Yeah, do you, when you see Sting, do you and Sting go like, how much better is this? Like, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, God, absolutely, 100%. I mean, we're both thinking the same thing when we look at each other. I'm like, why didn't we do this sooner, you know? <laughs> right. It's got to be something to building that character, though, and having gone through all those experiences and finally being here. It is. I mean, I've realized that um, AJ Styles isn't too far from Alan Jones. Um, so, you know, it, I pretty much turned into uh, just the same guy. I mean, uh, it is what, you know, unless, of course, I, I turn into a bad guy, then you're going to see a totally different guy. That, But the guy that is sitting in the middle of you guys is pretty much the same value. If we went, you know, if you went to my house, I'm like, all right, here, nothing's changed. <laughs> Still same old styles here. Here we are. AJ, thank you for Can we say one thing us. really yes, quick? Yes, go ahead, Katie. Can you zoom in on Sam? Feet, kindly. So, I, I thought Sam had the best hair. This is like Pantene commercial worthy. Sorry, Sam. It is, I like it. No, you're <laughs> Thank you. You're, like you're of excellent, you're like a hair commercial. I hate it's my It's hair. really you quite lovely. It, I, I, literally, I was in the shower um, it's, it's all like, last night, and I went. There's like a co- Moroccan oil sponsor. Oh, my God, this here. is way too long, way <laughs> too no, long. So they I'm just trying to. Out. And they're like, oh, well, he's an emo. I'm like, ah, I'm not an emo. I don't know. Jeez. I'm just trying to do something different, all right? Kevin Owens nails you with your Renee Young haircut line. You're like, that's what I'm sensitive about. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Well, I'm glad we finally got the chance to talk to you. In a WWE environment, it's uh, it's very cool to see, and uh, it's going to be a great weekend for you, I think. It's going to be a phenomenal <laughs> oh. weekend. There it is. Yeah. Thanks, well AJ. Done. Thanks. Here is Sam Roberts. Impressive dude, that AJ Styles. If you'll notice, I will take ownership for it right now. Yes, in that interview, my mic was lower than everybody else's. Obviously, I didn't do that on purpose, because if it was up to me, I'd be louder than everybody else, but you probably... That's probably the one technical glitch I won't get any complaints on. Thank God his stupid questions were lower. I'm kidding. I'm brilliant. Thanks to AJ Styles for being part of the show. Uh, I'm so excited. AJ Styles is a good dude, uh, and it's so great to watch him perform on the WWE stage. There's no doubt about it. The WWE stage is just a different stage than anywhere else in wrestling. Finn Balor was talking about it on Friday when he did the— NXT preview podcast about the difference in, you know, thinking Devitt, Prince Devitt was a big deal, and then realizing that Finn Balor was a completely separate thing. Uh, if you want to see what all these interviews look like, you got to go to youtube.com slash notsam. You can see them all there. Of course, all the videos also go up on notsam.com. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I had a, a blast WrestleMania weekend, probably the funnest WrestleMania weekend for, for a lot of reasons. Number one, just as a spectator, I, I, I talked about it, you know, over the weekend, but watching Kathy Kelly uh, perform on television for the first time for WWE, I mean, you have no idea how proud I am of that person. It was so 
exciting to watch her. She was on the NXT pre-show. She was on the Hall of Fame red carpet. She was on the WrestleMania pre-show. The WrestleMania pre-show. And uh, and now she's going to be a part of a whole bunch of other stuff uh, associated with the WWE. I won't spoil it, but her face is going to pop up everywhere. She's going to be a giant star. And, I mean, you know, especially over the last year or so, I've just uh, watching her progress and watching this journey take place is about the most one of the more amazing things I've seen. So uh, really happy for her. And I promise you, good, good things are going to come from this chick. Of course, you can listen to the uh, she's part of Sam Roberts show on Sirius XM, which is on every night, Monday through Friday, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also we put out a podcast every Monday which we've been doing, you know, for, what, I don't know, five or six weeks now, which you can get on my other podcast feed, uh, Sam Roberts Show on SiriusXM. You can get there at NotSam.com. It's on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. But, I mean, yeah, it's not about a plug. It's about, you know, I said congratulations, I don't know, last week or whenever it was to Kathy Kelly. But watching her on TV, I just, uh, she's going to excel very, very quickly, and I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, the, the weekend was great, not only for that, you know, just all the events they do. We'll talk about it on State of Wrestling, but getting to sit there. First of all, getting to meet a lot of you. I love that. Anytime you guys see me on the street and you just come up to me because I love, especially at wrestling shows, like going to WrestleMania weekend and, and because there's wrestling fans everywhere, hearing from you guys everywhere and realizing that this show is something that a lot of you get excited about because it, it keeps me excited about doing it when I know that you guys are as excited about wrestling and about this podcast as I am. So thank you all for coming up to me and saying such nice things, especially all you international guys. I mean, I love the American fans of this show. Don't get me wrong. I'm a patriot at heart. But hearing some of you guys come up to me with accents and ask for pictures and say how much you like the show is just, I I love it. So thank you all very, very much, no matter what country you're from, uh, for all the kind words as far as this podcast go. Uh, NXT, getting to sit there, and watch what may be the best wrestling show of the year. Definitely the best show NXT has ever done, which says a lot because they've done some amazing shows. Uh, was mind-blowing. Hall of Fame was super fun. I got to hang out with Maria Menounos, so there were all kinds of backstage antics, which for a guy like me, you know, I, people can say whatever they want. But anybody that knows me is well aware that the 12-year-old... I mean, listen to this podcast. Listen to how positive it all, always skews. The 12-year-old wrestling fan has never left me. That's how I far I matured. I, was watch- I started watching wrestling when I was a baby. And then I got to be the age of 12. And at that point, I stopped maturing and just allowed myself to be a wrestling fan. And from that point on, that little 12-year-old has stayed inside me. Which kind of sounds gross, but I need you to not think of it on that level. So to be, you know, backstage at the Hall of Fame and seeing everybody... And, and and getting to have even a somewhat cordial relationship with any of these people is just absolutely mind-blowing. And I should say big thanks to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos for, for being so cordial to me and allowing me to hang out with them uh, during the— and I'm not trying to name-drop. I'm trying to thank who deserves to be thanked for that. And then uh, getting to check out Access. Radio Row is always a blast. Going to WrestleMania itself and sitting up in the press box and just getting to see— the entire scope of the show, that was my favorite part about sitting up in the press box with Katie Linendahl, was that we got to see the entire, first of all, it's not that bad sitting next to Katie Linendahl for WrestleMania, but second of all, getting to look at the entire arena and see how big and massive 
this show was. It says a lot about wrestling, and it's got to make you feel good. There were so many moments that I loved about this year's WrestleMania. You know, we'll talk about Roman Reigns being champion, but at the end of the day, I like I had wrestling fan goosebumps multiple times during WrestleMania. We'll talk about that. There's a lot to talk about this week on the State of Wrestling. By the way, I can't stand this postal service. Any of you that ordered t-shirts, and this is what I get for just operating as a DIY numbnuts all the time. I come back from Dallas to New York, and I have a box of return to sender <laughs> t-shirts, which would have been nice if some of you had them for WrestleMania, but I'm resending them today. So anybody that hasn't gotten podcast t-shirts, it's completely my fault. I don't know what was wrong on them. Apparently, like I... I I use the postage to send envelopes, but they're not technically, I don't know, I don't know, but they're all going out. I can't record a podcast. I can't send these things. I am good for nothing except talking about wrestling. So let's bring in Katie Linendahl and let's talk about wrestling on the State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Here she is, Katie Linendahl, now joins me for the State of Wrestling. Jesus. It's an extended version. There's just so much. I, I just, I, I'm overwhelmed, Sam. Obviously. I'm overwhelmed. I think everybody's overwhelmed now. This may be the most important state of wrestling of the year, especially when it comes to WWE. So much to go over about what happened, a lot to go over about stuff that didn't happen, uh, following up on everything that we were talking about uh, as far as our WrestleMania and NXT predictions go. And I guess the place that I'll start. Where, where may I interject and say, where do you start? We saw. Well, I was just about. We saw title changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We saw Shane McMahon nearly die off the top of a steel cage. We saw a new era of female re- wrestlers ushered in appropriately. But I, I know where you're going to start, and that's why I wanted to interject. Where do you think I'm going to start? With Tatanka entering no. the Under the Giant Battle <laughs> Memorial Wimbledon. Incorrect. Um, I was so excited I puked. The uh, the thing that I found very interesting, and I thought about this a lot, was how much more orchestrated things must have been last night on Raw, or to this week on Raw, I should say, than it would appear. You know, not to say we're following storyline, but I, in my head, kind of knowing how WWE works, I would think that they just kind of decided at the last minute which NXT guys they're going to call up to the main roster. I don't think that's the case, though, unless there's some grand coincidence, because all of the people that we saw brought in to Monday Night Raw this week, aside from Baron Corbin, and even, well, we could even uh, consider Baron Corbin as one of the factors, all of the people that were brought in were not placed highly on the TakeOver special. You had Enzo and Cass, who we even talked about the fact that they were not on the TakeOver special. You had Apollo Crews, who his TakeOver match became a dark match. And then you had Baron Corbin, who lost in a match that, you know, wasn't, was, you know, as it turns out, probably the the least noteworthy match on the show, mm-hmm. all due respect to Austin Aries. Um, so I think it's, I think that they knew at least as of Friday before TakeOver, if not even before this, what the plan was in terms of who to bring up on the Raw after WrestleMania. It surprised me, and I think it surprised you as well. We were texting, uh, especially based on the conversation we had about Apollo Crews. 
That, to me, was the biggest surprise because I wouldn't have thought that Apollo Crews would have come up for quite some time. However, I think it's an interesting choice, and I think it draws attention to the fact that coming from NXT to the main roster, it doesn't mean, like, like the way the cycle goes is not get signed to NXT, start doing the shows, get popular at NXT, become the world champion, then graduate to the main roster. It truly is a developmental camp in the sense that you're not supposed to become necessarily, you don't have to become popular in NXT to get to the main roster. You just have to know how to do what it is that they do on the main roster. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to make a giant impact in NXT to go to the main roster. That's not what NXT is for. Making an impact on NXT, I think, is a benefit, but it's not necessary to going to the main roster. And I think that's important, and I think that's something that when we talk about when are people going to go to WWE, uh, we don't really talk about that enough. That it It's about skill set more than it's about how over you are. It's not like we wait until you're as over as you possibly can be with the NXT fans, then we put you on the main roster because it's not what it's there for. That's not how the system works. Well, would you agree, especially now after seeing this week's Raw, that you can that is being you can say that with conviction? Absolutely, because Apollo Crews is super over on Raw. Now, it was the, you know, Raw after WrestleMania crowd, and they let <laughs> him do all of his stuff. They let him do the standing Fantastic. move. So they let him do, and he looked great, and he came out with the right energy. He had a ton of charisma. I thought it couldn't have been a more successful debut for him based on the reaction, the entrance, the look. He, Apollo Crews, this week felt, and ba- and really I'll say this about everybody, but even though we were having the conversation over the weekend on the NXT preview show that Apollo Crews was not clicking with audiences because he didn't have that personality, um, he clicked with the audience on Monday, and it was big. Uh, I'm interested to see how it sustains. Obviously, this is not just a showcase. It's it feel, it, maybe it's not obvious. It felt to me like this was not just a showcase. This was Apollo Crews being added to the main roster. Well, how interesting, and I don't want to spoil it, but in your conversations with him, our conversations with him, which you will soon hear, right, it came you up. identified. You, he actually answered your question about branding and character. Yeah, you were it, spot on. It came up, and that will be uh, on an upcoming podcast. We may end up airing some of the interviews on YouTube before they air on the podcast just so we can get them out there. But, um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was very surprised to see Apollo Crews, and I was happily surprised in the sense that uh, everything turned out very, very well for him mm-hmm. on the main roster. Did you have a favorite Raw debut or return? Because here's who we had either debut or return to Monday Night Raw this week. Everybody but Blue Pants and I, Finn Balor? That's true. I mean, well, Blue Pants is nowhere near NXT anymore. <laughs> Just but, kidding, man. Um, you know, Baron Corbin made his Raw debut. Technically, you know, WrestleMania, but Raw debut, Baron Corbin. Apollo Crews. Finally! And I know you had to be psyched for this. Enzo and Cass. Mm-hmm. Cesaro made his return. Mm-hmm. And a big surprise, Maurice. Maurice yeah. makes a return. What did you think of that? Well, may I ask you too, what did you think of first up Apollo take like what did you think of Tyler's spot in all this? Do you think he got its short end of the stick from NXT to well, WWE? Here's what I think about Tyler. Number one, there is something about you know, when you're in the performance center, 
to be able to just be on the main roster, even if you don't have a great spot on the main roster. The fact that he's making much more money now and doesn't have to go to the Performance Center every day is a benefit to Tyler Breeze. But in terms of his TV character on screen and everything, it wasn't a downgrade because he hasn't been doing anything. If anything, like nobody would expect Tyler Breeze to win that match because he's been— Why have him in that match in the first place? It's actually a good spot for him because he's been—it's much better to lose on Raw but have a full entrance than it is to just have a match on Superstars. That's, I think, the takeaway from this is really, I think— the spot benefited Tyler he Breeze. He just keeps getting his ass kicked, though. Yeah, but he's been getting his ass kicked, and it's been happening on Superstars. If you're going to get your ass kicked, it should be on Raw. Like, he, he had <laughs> he had the whole entrance. He did the selfie stick. He had the Videotron. He had the theme. He got to do the entire Tyler Breeze thing. It was almost a complete, you know, it was, it was very, very similar to what we saw at TakeOver Brooklyn. And it shows you that they do trust Tyler Breeze for that. Um, but, yeah, I was actually... If you look at it in the context of Tyler Breeze today, if you had told me in August that this would be happening to Tyler Breeze, I would be bummed. But if you told me last week, next week Tyler Breeze will be on Raw, he's going to get his ass kicked by Apollo Crews, but he's going to get an entrance and he's going to be on Raw announced as Tyler Breeze, I go, okay, well, that's a step in the right direction. So that's, an, I don't think, I think this is, you're, you're, you're seeing this as a negative because you're thinking of NXT Tyler Breeze. And I'm seeing it as a positive because I'm thinking of, current day WWE Tyler Breeze, which is wrestling Fandango every week on Superstars. I'm just saying if I was Tyler Breeze, I'd have rather been coming out last night than I was six months ago or whatever it was. What do you mean? Like, I feel like last night was the night to be an NXT to WWE move if you were were on the NXT roster. I guess. I mean, timing is everything and and it still remains to be seen because it's not... Tyler Breeze had plenty of spotlight when he showed up. And then it just... So that's what I'm saying. I mean, even if he had come last, if he had come, if he had showed up this week on Raw and made his grand debut, who's to say in two months he wouldn't be in the exact same spot? You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't think you can, you can necessarily look at it that way. And and there's a reason. You know, Tyler Breeze is Tyler Breeze, for better or worse. In WWE, when Vince McMahon is in charge of WWE, a guy who looks like Apollo Cruz is not going to get squashed. It, for a little while, you know, if, if 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 Vince realizes that he doesn't like his personality, eventually maybe it could happen. But look at the body on Apollo Cruz. Vince is certainly not going to squash him. He's not going to. Not for a little while. He's looking at him like this is a guy that can make me money. This is the prototype. You brought up Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Not too long ago, Bobby Lashley right now has a lot of great pro wrestling ability. When his matches in TNA are the best matches he's ever done. But he did not have that ability when he was in WWE. No. And he was still in main event matches at WrestleMania. He was in the Donald Trump, you know, Vince McMahon Battle of the Billionaires match. They wanted to push Bobby Lashley to the moon because he looked like he looked. And Apollo Crews has a body not too dissimilar from Bobby Lashley. So I think I think that has more to do with it than anything else. Um, but he's got he's also got a ton of ability, let's not forget. I mean, I don't know if they're going to let him do it all the time because I was also thinking about it. And Apollo doesn't – his strong suit is not in his personality and in his character. His strong suit is in what he does in the ring. And I think that is probably 
the most valuable lesson he could have learned at NXT and at the Performance Center is how to get over, for lack of a better word, without all the high spots. You don't think that his charisma, just as being a, a genuinely happy dude, no, is not enough? No, that's right. not. Long term, that never works. What guy? You know who's like a genuinely happy, nice guy? Like Roman Reigns. You know, like I, and he, I guess I, I, I hesitated because he's not. I think the problem with him is it's not genuine. And we'll get into Roman Reigns for sure, for sure. But like, whoever has been able to just be a happy-go-lucky guy? Santino. Okay, so do you want Apollo no. Crews to be in the Santino spot? No, I do not. Okay. I do not. Well, that's that's where the happy-go-lucky guy goes. You know, nobody wants to just cheer a guy because he's nice. Come on, we can come up with one more happy-go-lucky success. It's not cheesy. There's none of them. They're not fun to watch. You need to have something to you. Like, if, Number one announcer. Funaki. No, okay. If you're really stretching people. If you, if you create a story of a guy who's like an amazing athlete, which Apollo Crews is, he's not, he's not just a, a guy who's happy to be there. He's an amazing athlete. He's got a great look. And this has been his dream since he was a kid. So there's, there's the beginning. There's the foundation of a character. And I think I, I, I have optimism that he will be able to find a character. And he can succeed on the main roster for sure. He did amazing last night. Insane. And you just got to feel good for him, too. I do feel very good for him because he deserves it. And he's one of the guys that I want to see succeed. All the people, honestly, that debuted or returned on Raw last night, I want to see succeed. I think, I think Maurice is an amazing addition to the Miz's character. Agree. I mean, she just makes him an even more perfect bad guy. And if you watched that ladder match, by the way, at WrestleMania with The Miz, Ugh. if you watched it, The Miz was the only bad guy in that match. It was five—you could say Stardust is a bad guy, but how does the bad guy wear the Dusty Rhodes tribute suit? The only person there to get booze was The Miz. Kevin Owens, yeah, he's evil, but he's not a bad guy. Everybody loves Kevin Owens. The only real heel in that match was The Miz. So for The Miz to be able to have to carry the heel weight of that match is a lot. And I don't think people give, and maybe because he's a naturally hateable guy to wrestling fans, but I don't think people give enough credit to The Miz for being a real heel. Because he doesn't get whatever kind of heat. He doesn't get Seamus heat. He doesn't get that heat of, yeah, I don't want to see him. He gets, oh, we hate you, Miz, boo. He gets heel heat. He does. And I, I, I think he should get more credit for that. I like him spoiling the dream of Zack Ryder. The Zack Ryder-Miz confrontation on Monday Night Raw. This is the exact example of what WWE needs to continue to do with the talent that they have on their roster. You just took two guys, like the Miz and Zack Ryder, that have been there forever. Both those guys, Zack Ryder more than the Miz, but certainly both of them, have been put in scenarios where we're almost forced to not care about them. You know what I mean? Both those guys have been swept under the rug. Both those guys have been put aside for shinier, newer toys. But both those guys have been there forever. Both those guys have been the victim of taking, uh, uh, of, of falling on the short side of legends coming in. What do you think gave them that turnaround? WWE? We talked about this during Mania. Wait, like, the, are it's, you, it's the Monday after Mania. That's all it is. It, it but remains, even for Mania too. What are you talking about? Ladder match to get put Ryder over back up to Ryder for a second. I think I think that it was like we want to start with a surprise. 
We want to start with a feel-good surprise. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, their story is strong enough that they don't need the title. I think the idea was once they made it that six-person match, they looked at the... Because obviously... Or the seven-person match. Obviously, the match wasn't supposed to look like that. The reason the match looked like that was because Neville got injured, right? The match was supposed to... Whatever the match was supposed to be, it was supposed to be something else. So I think that... Once they figured out, okay, Neville's out, here's what our match looks like now. And by the way, that ladder match was amazing. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. That ladder match, I'm allergic to amazing matches. That ladder <laughs> match was my fir- my favorite match on the show. Because every person in that match got a reason for being, got a chance to shine. You had The Miz having his moment of being a true heel, which is, you know, t- almost taking the title away from when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were fighting over it. You had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens having tons of moments to uh, uh, fill out that feud. Sin Cara had his moment where he falls off the ladder, hits the ropes, and does that whatever spinning plancha flip off the top. Stardust had his moment. He pulls out the polka dot ladder. Everybody in that match, and of course Zack Ryder gets the moment of the night, every person in that match had a chance to shine and it was it was it was exciting from beginning to end. I mean, people in the press box were even standing on their feet. That was my favorite match of the show. Um, yeah, and I, th- I thought it was well done. But I think the reason that they gave it to Zack Ryder was because they decided that they wanted to do something. Uh, I don't know why they decided they wanted to do something with Zack Ryder in general. I like that they did. That was my question. But I don't know. I mean, they just said, we got Ryder. You know, we can portray him as a as a as a mark who did right some like after 10 years someone has an epiphany i don't know i feel like it's not that dumb of a question i mean i don't know if it's an epiphany it's one moment like i don't think that they're sitting there going zach Ryder's the guy now i think they're just like you know what we could do and then even to go to the extent of to bring his dad back again for raw you think that's just gonna be a dead storyline there Mm, no i just no i don't think it's gonna be i didn't say it was gonna be a dead storyline i think that they brought his dad back i know for a fact that that there were some people confused about his dad being in the ring. So I don't think that his dad being in the ring was leading to this big story on Raw. I think that his dad was in the ring. So then when they're writing Raw on Monday, they're like, oh, let's have his dad be at ringside. And Zack Ryder's dad has been on TV many, many times. People who watch regularly know who Zack Ryder's dad is. Um, But I would say that, uh, no, that this is a good, I, I just don't think that, you know, it's it's safe to say that they're sitting there and making Zack Ryder the guy. I don't think any. There's not an epiphany to be had. They just decided to have him win the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. You know, I think they decided to give him that moment, which I love that they did, and he took it and he made it his own. Uh, but he, you know, he lost it the next night on Raw. Right. So I don't know, and I think it's how gonna, long do you think Miz keeps it? I think Miz is the guy they're looking at as the Intercontinental Champion. Wow. For the time being. Yeah. Yeah, I think they want. To that, I mean, they're adding Maurice to him, and I feel like Miz is is the guy they want him to have that sort of heel Intercontinental Title run, which he's done before. He needs good opponents, is the thing. They can't just have the Intercontinental Title drift back into Miz and Dolph Ziggler two hundred times. You know what I mean? They need to they need to figure out a direction with it. But that's why it's good to have Zack Ryder in it. I was watching on Raw and thinking to myself, this is what they need to do with the talent that's on the roster. All of a sudden, it's not this thing where it's an epiphany and Zack Ryder is the guy now and it's all like, it's just creating a storyline 
for Zack Ryder and The Miz. There, 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 there should be, on Monday Night Raw, multiple storylines for multiple wrestlers. And we saw that at WrestleMania, and we saw that at NXT TakeOver. Every match had a reason for being. And, you know, this doesn't mean that Zack Ryder is being pushed into main event status. This just means that finally, when we look at Zack Ryder on TV, there's a reason he's on TV. There's a reason his matches mean something. Same with The Miz. Same with all these guys. Baron Corbin's character is developing. The whole thing, uh, I, I, I think people need to have characters and their matches need to have reasons. I agree with you, but I also think it can be sustained, I think is the key word. Right, and that's... There are that many storylines. Granted, Raw is three hours, and I worry about, like, too much birthday, and they just hulk out. Well, I mean, the Raw after WrestleMania is always a unique right. thing. But it's not to say that you can't carry... You don't have enough storylines there. And if you are going to introduce all these new people just on the NXT side, forget it, man. I, that's, like, five new stories right there. I do sometimes wonder why... I understand you can't do the Raw after WrestleMania every week, but, like... You could come closer than they I do. I agree. You know what I mean? Like you, I think that hit me last night. You could you could do something similar to this. Like you could work with the same enthusiasm for the show every. It just week. felt like it moved a little faster. Again, I, I understand raw after. Mania, but there but was each segment, and and it's like you can't do four debuts, five debuts, whatever it is. Do you think they did too many? No, it's the raw yeah. after WrestleMania. It's the mm-hmm. perfect time to do it, and the vaude villains are coming on SmackDown. Oh, to your point, too, do you think that was all pre-planned? With the Vaudevillains? No, Raw After Mania. Or do you think that was a kind of a weekend decision? No, no, no. I think it was all pre-planned. That's why everybody, they didn't take anybody that shined at TakeOver. All the people that shined at TakeOver are still at NXT. Or in a tool shed. The saw was big. The chainsaw was really nice. Right, right. And Balor. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. All the, all the people that shined at TakeOver are still at NXT. So obviously that was done intentionally. Um but, uh, uh, I was, I, yeah, I think uh, Maurice is going to be a very, very important addition to The Miz being a real, you know, bad guy intercontinental champion. And I think Zack Ryder, what they did by putting the intercontinental title on him at WrestleMania and then taking it away is, in a 24-hour period, gave the fans a reason to care about Zack Ryder again. If he didn't win the ladder match, we don't really take in how much it meant to him being Intercontinental Champion, right? When he's Intercontinental Champion, we now have uh, a reason to show you the picture of Zack Ryder and Razor Ramon. We have a reason to tell you that he's been doing this for 10 years. There's a reason for the fans to chant, you deserve it, at him. So now you've built Zack Ryder into the perfect good guy whose dad is proud of him, and he's been trying and trying, and he finally got there, and he's just a mark from Long Island that turned himself into a wrestler, and here comes this evil Miz, and it's good storytelling. It's good storytelling, and I think they, I, I guess whoever it was, realized they had a story to tell with Zack Ryder. And I would hope that this isn't a SmackDown blow-off. I would hope that we have a Miz-Zack Ryder match at the next pay-per-view, and then the Miz goes on to whoever he's going to compete against next. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think, I, think it's, I, think it's a, I think it's a very good thing, and it's promising to the rest of the roster, right? It, oh, yeah. It makes you realize that maybe we don't get so bent out of shape because Tyler Breeze isn't in the fucking main event right now because, you know, life is long and so are careers. And we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens. But the shows are the shows are good. So um, 
what else? I mean, where to go oh next? Of course, uh, Enzo and Cass finally coming to Raw. Enzo and Cass show up, and I mean, Enzo was as Enzo as he's ever been. I felt like here's why WrestleMania after Raw was the perfect time to debut the guys that they debuted because and the SmackDown after WrestleMania will be interesting to see if it carries over because Enzo and Cass, the Vaude villains, and maybe a little bit Baron Corbin are all characters that have been discussed by us and other people as to whether or not it's even going to work on the main roster, right? You remember, I mean, we had many conversations about whether those Enzo and Cass characters worked on a bigger stage. And last night, they did in a big, big way. And I think that that's going to carry over. I will say that the crowd was so phenomenal. I mean, we even got the Tyler's Gorgeous louder than I ever thought. Yeah, well, yeah, the crowd had their good and bad moments. At times, they were completely distracting and just decided to derail segments. But I'm not one to uh, fault a crowd for anything. I don't think you ever can. And we'll get into that with the Roman Reigns story. I mean, they didn't have to be sitting there chanting, you know, for Bailey when we're trying to do the women's championship I know. segment. Like, I it's, know. there were there were a few segments like that where it's like, all right, relax. But like I said, I think it's I, I I never blame a crowd, and I think it's the the organization's uh, uh, responsibility to, for lack of a better term, manipulate the crowd. But we'll get into that when we talk about Roman Reigns. Um, were you satisfied with Enzo and Cass's debut? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And the pop that that thing. I think that it probably surprised people backstage when the entire crowd not only <laughs> chanted along SAWFT soft, loudly, but the whole certified G bona fide stud was like every word of it was a certified G and a bona fide. Like it means a lot. It means a lot. And even though it is the Raw after WrestleMania, it does. It's like what we were saying when Roman got booed in Philly after the Royal Rumble. Ugh. And we said, you said, yeah, but that's just because he's in Philly. And I told you, and that was a year and a half ago. I told you, but no, we, I said that wasn't. That wasn't. It extenuated it. But I said it doesn't matter where it was because the problem is. That it was in Philly, and yes, he got booed primarily because he was in Philly, but at the end of the day, it was on television. And what happens is, even if the reaction is unique to an environment, people hear it on TV. Definitely. And then they follow that lead, and that's how things continue. So I feel like the huge reaction that Enzo and Cass got is going to be enough to keep them rolling, at least for a little bit, until you know we find out if it really works, and I really think it will. I think it will in a big, big way. The only thing that I think worked even better than Enzo and Cass was Cesaro's tearaway suit. <laughs> Finally, something for Cesaro. He's got a thing now. He's not just awesome Cesaro. It's in the shop already. Yeah, he's got because the guy looks amazing in a suit. I was walking around WrestleMania weekend with him while he was wearing a suit. I found myself attracted to him. That's true. And up until that moment, I'd consider myself a heterosexual man, but. He's uh, He knows how to put a suit on, does Cesaro. And so just the idea, because I was looking at him, and he came out, his music's playing, he's got the sunglasses on, he looks like Jason Statham in the suit, and I'm going, what's his deal now? Because I know he likes to wear suits. Is he going to wrestle in the suit? I didn't realize it would be, especially, I thought it would at least be Million Dollar Man style, where he has to take off the jacket, and it's just like a faux shirt and tearaway pants. I did not realize he would have a full-on tearaway suit that the back tore away and the sleeves ripped off. It just looked so cool. It looked so cool. Uh, and it was cool to see Cesaro back, and I'm really glad he's back. And I'm glad that they brought him back in a big spot. 
I was just going to ask you, do you feel like it would have been even better, though? I mean, there's so many surprises at Mania. Do you, do you feel he could have lived better there? No, no, absolutely not. Because where would he come back at WrestleMania? In the Battle Royal? I mean, where does where does a surprise comeback happen at WrestleMania? Right after Shaq? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, like, where would you put him at WrestleMania? You know, that's not... I don't know. I'm not a writer. Right. So Cesaro got to come back in the main event. You know what I mean? He got to come back announcing himself as a world title contender. And you don't do... You, there's no spot for that at WrestleMania. So if he came back at WrestleMania, it would have to be either, like, during one of, like, the vignettes with The Rock, or he could have come out and attacked the League of Nations, or he could have done something like that. But it, there, I don't think there would have been anything at WrestleMania that would have allowed him to come back as a main event championship guy even though i said i could see him coming back in the andre battle royal and winning that thing that there there it is this is a bigger deal than winning the andre battle royal <sighs> this was done completely right this is a much bigger deal than winning the andre battle royal he's now in the main event picture he returns to say like i'm they did it perfectly cesaro gets to return as a contender for the championship of the world and baron corbin gets to have this great debut I mean, it's perfect in the Andre Battle Royal. Because if Cesaro returned and Baron Corbin wins the Battle Royal anyway, then you've really screwed Yeah, then it it's over. weak sauce. Um, if they're planning on keeping Baron Corbin on the main roster, you can't have him debut at the Battle Royal and have him Cesaro eliminate him so Cesaro gets a moment. That makes no sense. And even if Cesaro wins, big deal you won the Battle Royal. You know, there's a, there's a fatal four-way to find out who the number one contender for the championship is. That's where you want to be. You know, what's better, the Andre statue or the championship of the world? I would say the championship of the world is much better. Um, so, yeah, why? Would you have rather seen him at, at, in a battle royal? Again, I'm not a WWE writer. I, I was leaning to you to answer that. There's no better spot for him than there was on, on Monday Night Raw, especially for that crowd. That was like a full Cesaro section crowd. Um, what about, uh, you know, you've gone back and forth with Baron Corbin many times. Yeah, I have issues with Baron Corbin. Still? Forever. What do you think? Uh, of the way he was brought in on Monday. Technically at WrestleMania, sure. But, you know, when he's when he shows up on Raw... Because to me, it's I, I believe everybody that was on Raw is on the main roster. There was no sort of wow. NXT... What a freaking shortcut for him. Congratulations. He's that, he's that person... But how is it a shortcut? Because he doesn't deserve it. Why not? Because they build his character so good. Because I just saw him a little longer in NXT, okay? Now— And maybe maybe he could further define his abs. Commentary. Because if you're going to be at that level, I want you to be in, in ridiculous shape. He does have a long belly button. But that has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about being completely in shape. Commentary—I mean, he's in better shape than me. Commentary did a good job of selling this story— where they said he was only in NXT for a little while and now he's on the main roster. But that's not true. He's been in NXT for years. How many? How long has it been? Years. Really? It has been that long? Absolutely. I mean, I remember... Yeah, it's been years. He, he, he And he's done it in incarnations. He went on that street. It was like a year... It was more than a year ago that he was doing the uh, I beat people quick streak. He did the thing with Bull Dempsey. He's done a lot in NXT and he's been there for a while. Um, I think his character is amazing. Character's great. I think, I hope, because, you know, in his promo, he didn't really touch on it on Raw, but I hope that they do sell you on the fact that he doesn't deserve to be there. 
And so it's like, so you get that reaction of like, oh, why is he there? And he's like, because I don't care about any of you and I'm better than all of you. That's why I'm here. Because I didn't need to spend all this time on the indies. I didn't need to spend any more time in NXT. I was there for too long, quite frankly. I'm here now because I'm better than everybody on this roster. So why would I be in NXT? That I, I thought his match was the weakest on TakeOver. I, yeah, but you're talking about like a match designed to make American Alpha look good to an NXT crowd. You're talking about Nakamura's debut. You're talking about As- Asuka winning the championship. You're talking about uh, uh, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor. You know, I, I don't know exactly think it's fair to... I, I, so you can have seven awesome matches and then you have to, because what you're saying, you have to have two shitty ones? No, because it wasn't shitty by any means. Mm, it was subpar, There were six. Opinion. There were six matches. Yeah. And that was the one... Six matches. I believe one of them was a dark match with Apollo Crews. That's correct. So there's five left. Yep. Two are championships. Yep. One's Nakamura's debut. Yep. No, three are championships and one's Nakamura's debut. So, of course, you have no. there's no possibility in the world that that match can be anywhere but least. Like, there, in no way, shape, or form can that match not be the worst match on that show. But to be the worst match on that show... I don't think it was a strong match if it was in, like, the Westminster Dog Show, I like, debut. I, I, don't, I, I don't think it was strong. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch. And to be the worst match on TakeOver Dallas is, like... You know, it's still you're still on Takeover Dallas, possibly the best wrestling show of the year. I mean, what? I, you, yeah, I just the tag match, uh, American Alpha versus uh, 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 the Revival. Yes, was that was great? Correct. I've been calling that one for a while. Right, amazing match. The women's championship match. We'll go with the championships first. Tag championship match, incredible. Great. Oscar versus Bailey. Great. Balor versus Joe. Great. Nakamura versus Sami Zayn. Fantastic. Maybe the match of the year. So I just listed four out of the five matches. Great, 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 maybe match of the year. And you're telling me that you're not looking at probably the best wrestling show of the year? I mean, it's only it's only April. I, do you think you're going to have a show where... You're going to put stack that up against WrestleMania? I'm sorry. In terms of wrestling shows, first of all, WrestleMania it's was... It's a different animal. WrestleMania, it is a different animal. WrestleMania was twice as long. So, and, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But in terms of, like, if you're going to sit down and watch a wrestling show, yeah, I'll put I'll put TakeOver Dallas against any show. I mean, it was incredible. And it was like... And, and, and maybe it's because, you know, I watch everything. So I watch a lot of indie wrestling. I watch Japanese wrestling. I watch all this stuff. So, I'm, you know, WrestleMania was a WWE show. WrestleMania was, a, was good. It wasn't even the best, rest, it wasn't the best WrestleMania of all time. It wasn't the best, it wasn't better than last year's WrestleMania. But it was very good. But, you know, TakeOver Dallas was the best show NXT has ever done. And NXT has, for the most part, only put on amazing shows. So, you know, I don't, I don't see, it was definitely the best show of the year so far. Sure. And it was probably better than any show last year. So how it's not going to be the best show of the year is going to... It's going to be tough. It will be tough for me to see anything NXT or WWE puts on beat that show. That said, I think that, as I said before, Baron Corbin's purpose was not to 
be the best match on the show. Number one, because of all the other matches on it. And number two, because he's going to the main roster in two days. You know what I mean? Right. And sure, you could say, well, what about Sami Zayn? But Sami Zayn's a different story. Sami Zayn is a is a babyface NXT legend that's saying goodbye for the last time and giving Nakamura his first match. So, you know, the Austin Aries-Baron Corbin match is designed to not be the best match on the show. But, you know, and, and I guess in hindsight now, I was surprised that uh, Austin Aries, if he's going to win, didn't win more soundly. You know, didn't win more obviously, like, no, I beat him for sure. He just won with a roll-up. But that was probably because they were trying to protect Baron Corbin as he goes over to the main roster. Mm. Um, well, didn't do that for Sami Zayn. Well, that's, again, that's a totally different story. I mean, Sami Zayn is established. He's, it, Sami Zayn is more the legend going out on his back than Baron Corbin being this guy. We don't really know Baron. Like, Sami Zayn, we know. You know what I mean? Everybody knows Sami Zayn. Um, and honestly... I thought Sami Zayn got more offense in that match than I would have if I were putting the match together, and I wouldn't be putting the match together because I'm no expert. But I thought Sami Zayn got more offense than maybe he should have in that match. I thought it was, I thought it should have been a slightly more one-sided towards Nakamura mm. because NXT, as I said, coming off of that show and doing the WrestleMania preview show, NXT with that show became to me c- cemented. It's thing where it is a developmental territory and it is a, it is its own brand. And there are two separate things going on. And the TakeOver Dallas show had nothing to do with developmental and everything to do with it being its own brand. And Sami Zayn was basically coming in to boost the brand. And the guy that's going to be selling tickets for NXT is Nakamura. So that's, that, that's why I thought that was there. Now... They knew a lot of eyes would be on it, take over Dallas. So they sat there and said, I guess Baron Corbin needs to look very, very strong if he's not going to win because he's going to win the Andre Battle Royal on Sunday. So they go, okay, well then we'll have Austin win, but with a roll-up. You know, and it certainly wasn't a bad match by any stretch. It was just like you're watching, you know, all-time great matches one after another after another on that show. Like that show was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Um... But, uh, uh, yeah, so I think Baron Corbin, in the incarnation that he's in now, with the character that he has now, fits in very well on the main roster. I think that's a character that is going to be able to get over. I think it took Baron Corbin a while to find that character. And you remember, we were even talking in in August at TakeOver Brooklyn, which, by the way, TakeOver Dallas, uh, you'd love TakeOver Brooklyn, correct? Mm -hmm. TakeOver Dallas was a much better show. Much better show, but more poorly organized. That's neither here nor there. I mean, you're talking about the staff of the building? It's a lack of, oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that has nothing sure to do with, with okay, sorry. people watching it. Um, but, yeah, I, we watched him at TakeOver Brooklyn, Baron Corbin. And we saw, like, the video. And remember, both of us said, that's it. That's the thing where he says, I got a phone call. We were like, yes, that's the character. But it was kind of, it, it took a little while to really take shape. And I think for Baron Corbin to really own it and know how to present it. But I think he's at a place now where he has a hateability about him that works in a very bad guy wrestler type of way, not in a we don't want to see this guy type of way at all. It's a bad guy wrestler type of way. And it's difficult these days to be an organic bad guy wrestler. The Miz can do it. Baron Corbin can do it. Kevin Owens tries his damnedest to do it. I thought your best one of your best points from the weekend was how Baron Corbin 
is what Roman Reigns should have been. That's right. That's right. That's how I feel. Baron Corbin has a lot of similar traits of Roman Reigns. They're both big guys. They're both naturally gifted. Neither one of them came from the Indies. Both came from football. Both have big egos. Both think they deserve to be champions. But for some reason, Roman Reigns is a sympathetic babyface. And Baron Corbin <laughs> is like the ultimate heel. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think if Roman Reigns' character, and, you know, it's neither here nor there at this point, had been developed a little more like that, then he probably would have been in a better spot now organically. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say take that character away from Baron Corbin because Baron Corbin's doing a great job of it right now. Let's talk about Roman Reigns. Let's talk about fries and baked potatoes. A lot of I, I'll say this. What is going on with that, Sam? Monday Night Raw, most of it was baked potatoes. WrestleMania, a lot of fries. A lot of fries. We started with baked potatoes, but in the end, it was fries. <laughs> they were like, here's the potato. We were like, oh, we're splitting it open. Oh, <laughs> now uh, we're dicing it. We're making french fries. Oh, wow. You know what WrestleMania was? Wedges. Potato wedges. Oh, I love potato wedges. Exactly. It wasn't quite a baked potato. Some hot sauce? Yeah, you can have hot sauce with them. But it was enough potato-y, so it's, there was baked potato to it. Copious amounts of starch. Right. There was, there was, it was, it was, they were, WrestleMania was starchier than your average French fries. It was certainly starchier than Raw before WrestleMania. Raw before WrestleMania was like uh, 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 shoestring fries. Like it was fries, fries, fries. Yeah, I would, I would maybe even like, um, what's that thing that people eat people, the green stuff? Cannibals? No, the the moon from the movie, Soylent Green. Oh, <laughs> yes, good call. Um, poor, poor description. No, 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 no. You got it. You got there. Um, I was very surprised, and yes, a lot of our WrestleMania predictions did not come true. But that's uh, how you know it was a good WrestleMania. I was very surprised that they let WrestleMania end the way it ended. Um, four and a half hours is a long show, and so for it to end on a note that you know is going to frustrate some fans is an interesting choice. Triple H's entrance with Stephanie was absolutely to die for. I loved it. I was geeking out. You were sitting there like, Sam, you got to calm down. Like I was (laughs) like, oh my, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I was texting people going, how hot is Stephanie right now? Like it was the greatest. I loved Hunter's entrance. And Stephanie up there delivering it from the top of the uh, entranceway. And it was live. It wasn't like she was taping it and reading it off something or anything. So good. So good. Stephanie. So villainous. Stephanie is one of the all-time great performers in the entire industry, I feel like. And that's a lofty statement. But Vince is, for sure. There's no denying that. Stephanie is one of the all-time great performers. They are genetically superior. They are. They just know wrestling. Yep. And how to perform. Yes. And how to manipulate an audience, which, again, we'll get into this. That is the job of the WWE, is to manipulate their audience. You can never blame the audience for anything. You just can't. You have to give them something so much. Like, And Charlotte, by the way, on Raw, she did strike me as a little green in terms of figuring out how to manipulate the audience, but she got there. She was able to manipulate them, and I was very, very proud of her for that. She was able to get them back to where she wanted and then get her heel heat the way, way she wanted it to go. Mm. It wasn't That segment wasn't as smooth as it should have been, because the crowd was so ruckus. But Charlotte did her thing. Charlotte did her thing, and I was proud of her for it. I thought that was good. Um, so I was surprised that WrestleMania ended the way it ended. Very surprised. Um, I thought, I said that that match needed tricks. Now, it did have tricks. Sledgehammer, 
in the Stephanie McMahon Oof. spot, which was incredible to me. Which I think we were all shocked by. Yeah. I can't believe the WWE in this era even allowed that to happen, quote unquote, accidentally. Right. Like, that was a shocker to me. Um, I thought it definitely added to the match. I thought the match needed that. Um, did you did you did you like that addition to it? I did, and I think she made that call. What do you mean? Because I don't think it was like a women thing. Like you know, I, I didn't feel like weird about it. Right, right. It's storytelling. It was storytelling. It was storytelling, and it. Was, and I'd be the first one to raise a flag. Right, and it wasn't like Roman wanted to spear Stephanie and did it, and yeah. then all the guys cheered like, "Yeah, you hit that bitch." It was Roman went to spear Triple H, and then Stephanie got hit. And then we all went, whoa, what just happened? Which should be the reaction, right? I feel strongly, though, that we are s- still going to see a Roman heel turn. Well, um, I thought, I, I liked what Roman said on Raw. And and I think that, I don't think they're quite sure what they're doing with him. I think Roman is stuck in this kind of meta heel world. where heel. Yeah, where they're not quite sure. They're acknowledging what's going on. But he's not a full bad guy. I liked when he came out and said, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. And that's such an infuriating, infuriatingly egotistical thing to say mm-hmm. from a guy that us wrestling fans, they're all, you know, eating Chick-fil-A and not <laughs> dating girls, looking at Roman Reigns. That's I'm saying that because it's me as a younger person, looking up at Roman Reigns and being like, I don't relate to you, and I hate that you just said that. Because every guy that picks on me in high school is you. Like, that's why the boos come. Every 30-year-old guy that still watches wrestling, that's why they boo him. Because he does. He gets any girl he wants. He gets the world title. He, you know, he's, he's the guy. He's, he's Roman Reigns. So, um, but people have to be aware of that. Like, you know, WWE has to know that that is not going to get a favorable reaction. Um... And I hope that Roman Reigns does have this cocky thing about him. I just think that you need to define it or it's going to be too kind of, I don't really know what's going on here. Uh, I would think that the fact that AJ Styles is now the number one contender and you can't get more babyface. You heard in the interview that we aired today. He's a real life babyface. He's a Christian man, for goodness sakes. Mm -hmm. You can't get more good guy than AJ Styles. Love it. Yeah. Um, So... You know, they're definitely... Roman Reigns is going to be the villain in that match. There's no other way about it. You know, he's going to get booed by... You know, and AJ may get cheered by kids, too. I don't see how Roman Reigns survives that unless he finally does his reluctant heel thing that I've been saying he needs to do. I, you know, I thought it was interesting. The fans, I feel like, are almost uh, insistent on booing Roman Reigns no matter how they actually feel. Because I was in that stadium in Texas. Referee goes one, two, three. Ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. The audience goes, yeah, boo. (laughs) And I've heard it before. Same reaction that John Cena got when he returned to the Royal Rumble the year it was in Madison Square Garden. Because we didn't expect it, and we knew we were supposed to boo John Cena. But he comes back, he goes, and it goes like this when he comes out because we're excited because we didn't see it coming but then we're like oh wait 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 we're supposed to boo John Cena and that's what happened at Wrestlemania I was there it wasn't fed in it wasn't anything being muted or it was a natural cheer that happened when Roman won 
and then a boo. And part of that was we couldn't believe Triple H uh, was beat clean. Part of, there was a whole bunch of stuff going on there. But that's what happened. And that has got to be frustrating for somebody like Roman Reigns. Because it's like you're almost in a position where there's nothing you can do. No, that's what we've been saying. Fans have just resigned themselves to the fact that even if we like you, we're booing you. Sorry. It's what's happening. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think that they've got to skew him in the direction where we know he's going to be getting booed. And that may be what's happening with AJ Styles winning that number one contendership. Speaking of AJ Styles, you know, I'm ready to be have it explained to me. And when it is explained to me, I will tell you because you know— I've come on here many times and said, I don't understand this. And then I'll change my opinion and explain to you exactly why. And sometimes you'll be shocked, Katie. You'll be like, what, so now you like this? And I'll go, yes, here's exactly why. Because I'm always ready in the world of wrestling to have my opinion changed. I do not know why Chris Jericho beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And I have no fathomable idea as to why they've decided to keep him around as like a, a, a heel. Like not, he's not being used as a... WrestleMania and Raw. And honestly, like, I kind of think, you know, we talked about how he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that some more? I think he, I honestly kind of think he blocked me because he's in character all the time now, which is so cornball. Are you sure about that? Yeah, because, you know, Busted Open is a show that's on Sirius XM. Yeah. And, like, he's friends with those guys. And he called their show and stayed in character and said, I'm going to bury AJ Styles. I'm going to bury anybody else that gets in the ring with me. And I'm like, dude. Like, there's a fine line between, like, getting organic boo- booze and, like, insulting people's intelligence. Like, you're not, a, you're not a villain. You're not a bad guy wrestler in real life. Just talk about, you know, that's why I'm glad we didn't end up interviewing him at WrestleMania because he would have just been in character. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to talk to you in character right now. Like, even Bray Wyatt, which if you heard, I love the interview we did with him at WrestleMania. And we should talk about that. We will for sure. Even Bray Wyatt, we talked to him at WrestleMania. He has the ability of not... Uh, betraying the character, but actually having a conversation like you would have with a person. And it's like, okay, that's what people are like, okay, now I understand, and that's what we're listening to an interview for. Not to have somebody. So I'm kind of thinking that he blocked me to stay in character, which is like the most cornball thing I've ever heard of in my life. And honestly, I'm probably better off for it. But... Yeah, what is this, 1999? Right, right. But... Did you see his scarf, Sam? I saw his Speaks scarf. volumes. We, you don't scarf. need to be feel... We should just move on because we're giving it way too much power. But I'm very confused as to why he's being used as like a full-time bad guy. Oh, because there's no one new that's coming this week. So you, Is that right? you need him. <laughs> you do. You freaking need him. Because <laughs> they just don't have the talent. No. There's, they don't have any guys. No. I mean, you know... Right now, it's going to be a while before Baron Corbin gets called up. Totally. You know, uh, uh, Cesaro is still injured. Uh, yeah. The bench is not deep, Sam. No, no, no. The, the Miz, bench the Miz, is not deep. The Miz doesn't have a manager. Like, none of that stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Baron Corbin could be in that spot. Miz could be in that spot. There's a ton of bad guys that could be in that spot. And I, I, I for the life of <laughs> AJ me. AJ Styles is probably like... Dude, I did the WrestleMania thing. Can we, like, end this? Are we still with I did the, Chris- the Y2AJ. And I it's did like, it. And I it's played un- along. A lot of people who were on your bandwagon leading into WrestleMania, you and all those people have an I told you so moment. Thank you, Because I'm sitting there going, this story makes sense to me. Because you build the WrestleMania. acknowledging that. And it even had the same result. Where, like, the idea is... You build the WrestleMania, he beats Jericho, and then he comes on Raw and becomes the number one contender for the title, yep. and then we can launch him. 
and Jericho is somewhere else. Stop, stop with the Jericho stuff. Yeah. You know what? If you're going to bring back Jericho on Monday Night Raw, then you might as well just bring back Tatanka, too, because more people want to see that. You, I don't know if that's fair. Moving on. <laughs> um, uh, but, yes, I, I am surprised. Yeah, look, Jericho is a great heel, but other people can be great heels, too. You know what I mean? And, and and it's like it's the opposite of when I said I saw Zack Ryder and The Miz in the ring together with a storyline and doing a thing. And I was like, yes, this is exactly how current talent needs to be used. And then to see Chris Jericho, it's like a step backwards because there is a problem that still exists with legends and people that have been around for a while looking stronger than current talent. And, you know, that happened at WrestleMania. It's a problem. You know, and, and it's weird because... You know, should we have a justice for AJ contest this week? No, because AJ's the number one contender. There's no. What do you need justice for? We he just won. Really need to get him as far away from it. It should be, there. Should be like a probationary. Look, he's the number one contender against Roman Reigns. I understand, Sam. I wouldn't worry about it too much. <sighs> Might they overthinking it? I think so. I'm just worried it's going to come back. It's like a bad boy. He's friend, the you know? number it's one like, contender. What else could you ask him for? I just want him. I want there to be a 300 feet distance. Well, you know who AJ's got to deal with now? Roman Reigns. He's the number one contender. Yeah, that's probably more important than going backwards. I mean, do you want him to win the Andre Battle Royal, too? <laughs> They're not winning the Battle Royal. They're not over. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, so uh, there, there, we saw a lot of the legends at WrestleMania getting over. Um, you know, look, I'm never going to complain about watching Stone Cold drop stunners. Ever. By the way, speaking of dropping, how long is it before somebody realizes that they don't that what uh, it means when Enzo says he's going to drop you like a deuce and makes him stop? Do you know what that means, yeah, Katie? Yeah, I actually know what that means, and I don't know what anything means in the in the words of lingo. One would think that it won't be long before that's not on TV anymore because <laughs> it's. <laughs> but I love it. It should be on TV. Um, yeah, I, I was. First of all, Shawn Michaels is in phenomenal shape. I can't believe that he's in better shape now than he was when he was wrestling. I was glad he was in his gear. I thought it was funny because nobody else was. But it was funny that he was just like, fuck it. I'm wearing my gear. I'm taking my shirt off, which I wish Shane had done because he looked phenomenal. Um, Those Jordans. Mick Foley lost a ton of weight. He looks great. And, you know, Stone Cold is Stone Cold. Always Stone Cold. He's the man. He's the greatest of all time. So when you're the greatest of all time, I guess I don't mind uh, what happened with those guys, to tell you the truth. Because, yes... New Day, you know, Xavier got stunned. But number one, I looked at it almost from like, you know, we kind of know Xavier a little bit. And I know Xavier Woods is sitting there as a wrestling fan growing up as a kid being like, oh, my God, it's WrestleMania 32. And I just got stunned by Stone Cold. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, and and with that, they were able to turn around, go to Raw on Monday and make it work. You know what I mean? What'd they say? Something like, yeah, and, and like he took blame for the stunner. He was like, yeah, it was kind of my fault. And then he was like, and it was lit. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, that's exactly how you do it. Um, I was very happy with the spot that Bray Wyatt was in and the Wyatt family. About time. I wasn't enthused with the way that they Oh, you're were... saying for Mania? For Mania. Oh, okay. I mean, that was a, an amazing spot for them. I was not happy that they go out on their backs again. But I think at the end of the day, the positive to take away from that is... Bray Wyatt's moment was when he looked at The Rock and he went, Rock. And I mean, I got goosebumps. Literally, I think I showed you, Katie. On my arm, there were goosebumps. There were, I had many goosebumps moments on WrestleMania. 
Uh, I had goosebumps when I was watching Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn wrestle with a ladder after watching Kevin Steen and El Generico at the Hammerstein Ballroom for Ring of Honor Final Battle to watch them at WrestleMania in a ladder match uh, blew my mind. I had goosebumps. Um, I had goosebumps, uh, multiple goosebumps when Zack Ryder won the title, goosebumps for the women's match. But I had, for real, like probably my biggest goosebump moment of the night was when Bray Wyatt looked at The Rock and he went, Rock, that's where you're wrong. I'm not here to knock on a door. I'm here to kick it down. Yeah. And I was like, that's the psychology. Now, to me, I really feel like as valuable as it is to have The Rock on your show and as many eyes as he brings to the show and as important as it is and all that, I feel as though, you know, to have Bray... By hook or crook, you know, you could have The Rock beat Eric Rowan in six seconds. I have no problem with that. You can have The Rock take out uh, Braun Strowman if you want. But all I wanted was to see The Rock have a kiss on his forehead and have Sister Abigail to the mat. Like, do you know how impactful that would have made? It would have made Bray Wyatt's career Yep. if he had done that. And I always get bummed out when I see opportunities to put young guys and current guys in that kind of position that aren't taken. And I understand, maybe The Rock didn't want to do it, and you have to just do whatever The Rock wants to do. He's the biggest movie star in the world. Uh, Maybe, you know, you have the biggest movie star in the world, and you don't want to put him in a position where he looks any weaker because you want him to keep coming back. Whatever whatever the reason is, there are lots, and I understand it. Just as such a Bray Wyatt fan, as everybody knows I am, uh, I was bummed out for that moment, but... All in all, when you go over it, two years ago, or, or here's the last three WrestleManias. Bray versus John Cena, Bray versus The Undertaker, Bray standing toe-to-toe with The Rock. There are worse things that could happen to a guy. So, you know, it's a, it's a good spot for him to be in. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I like, I, I guess I'm, I'm cool with him and the Wyatts taking out uh, the League of Nations. You know, I feel bad for Wade Barrett because I feel like he got I kicked. Ask you about that. I feel like he got kicked out of the League of Nations because Luke Harper's injured. Or is that really an exit strategy? Well, I don't think I think Barrett still has a couple months left on his contract. You know, I don't think that's it. I think if Harper had not gotten injured, then it would have been four on four. But I think Harper got injured, so now they're like, all right, we'll just get rid of Wade then. I guess sooner the better. See you later. You know, which sucks because now who's going to call him the lads? Yeah. You know? But uh, I, I, I like the idea because I think that the Wyatts will finally be able to win against the League of Nations. I just don't know. I, I, I The Wyatts float in between being good guys and bad guys so well that I guess uh, anything's, anything's going to work for them. So I'm anxious to see where it goes. And, of course, huge props to Shane and the fall that he took. Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. Um, and I love that we, I completely overthought everything about WrestleMania and forgot that it's wrestling. Like, here's what's going to happen. The Undertaker's going to win and then Vince is just going to let Shane take over Raw next week anyway. <laughs> like, that, of course, it's wrestling. How could I forget? <laughs> it's wrestling. Why wouldn't that happen? Funny. I was walking, um, in between a commercial break, I was running from the gym, of which I had Raw on, to my apartment. And, you know, Shane lives in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. There's a graffiti all over the sidewalk mm-hmm. that says, In Shane We Trust. Wow. I, have, I will I will tweet that. It's hilarious. Tweet it out for sure. We also uh, want to say goodbye to uh, 
it would appear at least Brie Bella, if not both Bellas. You know, Brie's gone. That that was it. Her WrestleMania was her last match. Uh, I don't know if Nikki's going to come back or not. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't think that the Divas, that the time that the Divas, that it was Divas Championship and not Women's Championship, I don't think you can look at that necessarily as a wholly negative time. I don't no. think that's fair. I think it was a different era. I think it was a different era, and I think that there is no doubt that those Bella Twins are going to be looked at as the two that completely carried. And I don't care if you're AJ Lee. I don't care. Uh, there's a lot of women that, that did work. I mean, you're talking the Divas era is going to include AJ Lee, is going to include Beth Phoenix, is going to include Natty, is going to include a lot of... of, of uh, it's going to include Maria Menounos. She had four matches, I think, during the Divas era. Uh, a lot of, but a lot of, you know, very talented athletes. Um, I think the Bellas are absolutely the standouts of the era, and I think they're going to be looked at as the as the Hulk Hogan's of the Diva era. They're the ones that kind of defined it, defined it, and held it up and made it something in the face of. Uh, they made the most. Out of what they could do with it. Well, I think a lot there were a lot of come and goes during that whole era. Mm-hmm. They were through and through. Yes. Well, no, I mean they actually left. People don't remember. They left for a year and a half, I think. Cumulatively. But they were there, there, and they didn't go to another organization. Yeah, they left. They came back, and they made an even bigger impact. You're right about that. Um, the only person I feel bad for is uh, Eve Marie because how does she how does she last in the women's wrestling era? The divas era, we could make it okay. It'll be interesting to see. Well, Katie Linendahl, I'm glad you joined me for this very important state of wrestling. I feel like we should do a prize. We haven't done a prize, and we we were. Mm. We just came off of WrestleMania, and they're like all those Bootios boxes were selling like hotcakes. Uh. There's new American Alpha shirts. Well, what do you want to give away? Some New Day socks. Okay, some New Day. And, and now, how about we do this? But this is up to you. This mm-hmm. is your podcast. New Day socks, an American Alpha shirt. And an, we'll have three winners and an Apollo Crew shirt. Jeez. Well, because that's a lot. Of we're going to spread the love. Okay. It's a big week. We All should right. end on a big week too. All right. If you want to do that, do that. Uh, yeah. At not Sam at Katie Linendahl. Um, What's the contest? With the hashtag. Uh, something about being booty. Oh my gosh! Can I say that there? I, I just found a shirt on WWE Shop, and it said the booty at night is big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. That was the WrestleMania shirt. That's fantastic. I didn't see that till now. Um, well, like, because Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast is too long, and I don't want to just say Sam something. Uh, like Something that's booty? Like, we don't want to be negative either. That's not fun. How about this? Hashtag Tatanka's not booty. Oh, my gosh. If We, we cannot blow up Tatanka's account Okay, again. here's what we're going to do. Seriously. If you want to win the prize, at not Sam, at Katie Linendahl, and at Native Tatanka, and... <sighs> You have to hashtag Tatanka's not booty. If you hashtag Tatanka's what? booty, you're not winning. And 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 so don't. But what, do, what are we? What are we judging upon? Our favorite ones. Hash, wh- just get your tweets out. Tweet often. Tweet early. Hashtag <laughs> Tatanka's not booty to at Native Tatanka at not Sam and at Katie Linendahl. Let him know that not only does he love barbecue, but he's not booty. Make some photoshops if yeah, you want. And then we appreciated and respected him and his WrestleMania moment. That's right. He had another WrestleMania moment. Hashtag Tatanka's not booty. Oh, Thank you, Katie Linendahl. Jeezy. And we'll see you next week here on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. 
and subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.